0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together.
1: Talking today about faithful fathers. I just want to start off with Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. It's talking about Abraham. God is talking concerning Abraham. And he says, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. I read it from the King James version. I believe you probably what you have there is from the uh, the New King James. I want to encourage fathers today to consider our relationship that we have to our heavenly Father, because He is the model Father. Being a faithful father is one of the highest callings that a man can have. Abraham was such a father. He took his direction from his heavenly father, and God knew him. He says that he would order his children or, or uh, guide his children after him, after his ways. Romans chapter 4, verse 3, and you don't have that in your, uh, in your bulletin notes, but Romans 4, verse 3 says, What does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Whether or not we believe, we had fathers, earthly fathers, in our formative years who believed. We have a heavenly father who loves us and has a plan and a purpose for our lives. He cares about us. He truly is a good, good father. And he will make up for any lack or loss that we may have suffered in our formative years. If we believe and trust God, that's the key right there. You see, God don't do anything just because he can. He can do anything. All things are possible with him, but he needs me and he needs you to trust him, to believe him. That's our part in the whole bargain. The Bible speaks of two spiritual fathers. One is Satan, the devil. He hates you because you're God's creation. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or an unbeliever, he still hates you. He don't know, he don't understand the word love. Love. Speaking to a group of unbelievers, Jesus said in John chapter four, verse John chapter eight rather, verse forty-four. I'm reading from the King James. You are of your father the devil, and he desires, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaks a lie he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it again jesus referred to the devil as a thief in john chapter 10 verse 10 he says the thief comes not but to except to steal and to kill and to destroy but I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, the other spiritual father, the one who came to give us abundant life, is our heavenly father, the creator God, the God of love. John chapter 3, 16, we all know, 16 to 18, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We find a lot of times people don't come to church because they think that the Christians may think that they're better than they are or something like that. And I believe that many times there are Christians, people who call themselves Christians, that condemn the unbeliever. But the Bible tells us that they didn't come. Jesus didn't come to condemn us. Not even when you're away from God He's not condemning you. And he says, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's the thing that condemns us. If we refuse to believe, There is nothing that God can do for me or for you if I say I don't believe. I don't believe that Jesus died for my sins. I don't believe that just calling on his name, receiving what he did, is a full payment for my sin. I'd rather try to work my way there. You'll never make it. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says but God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were still sinners Christ died for us. And he don't condemn anyone. You may have done things that is despicable this week. You may be trying to hide some things. That is just terrible. But do you know that if you would just come to Jesus, you just say, Lord, I realize now that you died for me, that you shed your blood upon the cross so that I could be made free, that I could be a born-again believer. I receive you into my life. All of those things that you've done... You know that you can, have, you can wipe out your past in a second just by, by, by believing in Jesus Christ? You don't have to worry about your past if Jesus Christ becomes Lord of your life. Because the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. He's a good, good father. All-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful. Wise men seek his direction. We owe it to ourselves and we owe it to our families, fathers. We owe it to our children. To look to God for direction in our lives. Proverbs 22 Verse 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm sure that when I was a teenager, my father stood on that promise. And sometimes he may have wondered, Lord, when is he going to turn back to you? I know myself myself. When my my oldest son and my daughter were teenagers, and having them both come to me at different times, saying, "I don't want to serve God anymore," my son, Dad, I don't want to go to church anymore. I could have. He's still under my roof. I could have said, "You will go." I sat down and had a nice talk with him and left the decision up to him. My daughter, after, after finishing high school, Dad, I don't want to serve God anymore. I want to try the world. And these things weigh heavy on a father's heart, especially if you're trying to follow Jesus. And especially if you're planning to go to Bible college. The old devil sits on your shoulder and says, what are you trying to do? Trying to save the world. You can't even save your own household. But we've got to know that we've got a God in heaven who sent his only son to die for that very purpose. That when we go astray or when our family members go astray, he's there to help us. And I believe, I, do, I know that you can't pray and, and, and ask God to make your child or make your husband or make your wife be a Christian. That's against his plan. That's against his will. He gave everyone a, a free will. He is willing that everyone would come to him, that, that no one would be lost, that the Bible tells us that. But every time we pray, we pray for our loved ones, God brings them to a crossroads. You don't know how many times a Christian has walked up to your son or your daughter or your loved one and has spoken a word that has quickened their spirit and they've, been, and they've had to make a choice of whether to serve him or to still keep rejecting him. And so we keep praying, and they keep rejecting, but then only takes once, once for the Holy Spirit to grip their hearts, and they say yes to Jesus. And what a glorious day that is. What a glorious day that was for my father. When I said, Dad, I gave my heart to Jesus tonight. What a glorious morning it was, about three o'clock in the morning, when the knock came on my door in my first in my first pastorate, in the first church I was in, and standing there was my daughter saying, "Dad, I've come back to Jesus today." You see, it it pays to look to our heavenly father because he's a good, good father. And you know how much you love your children. And how much more do he love me? How much more do he love you? You're his creation. When he was finished creating man, he said, it is very good. We have a model prayer in Luke chapter 11, verses 2 to 4. Jesus prayed, Our Father, teaching his disciples, realizing that we human beings, without limited knowledge, with our limited knowledge, need to make comparisons between God and what we know. And so we know about family relationships. So he chose to start there. And this prayer addresses, is addressed to God, our Heavenly Father. He is accessible, our Father, who art in heaven. He is honorable, hallowed be thy name. He is ruler over our hearts and the hearts of his people. Your kingdom come. The Bible says the kingdom of God is within you when you receive Christ as your Savior. He has a plan. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He is dependable. Give us this day our daily bread. He is merciful. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. He is our guide. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He is all-powerful, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. This is the God to whom Jesus prayed, the Father to whom Jesus prayed, and he taught us to pray the same. He is our Heavenly Father, a personal, relational God. We seek him for good counsel to pass on to our children to lead our household in the right way. Secondly, our Heavenly Father models fatherhood for us all. While we can count on God uh, doing His part perfectly, there are times when we as men and fathers fall short in our role as earthly fathers. Although we desire to be the best we can, Things don't always turn out the way we plan to it. We feel sometimes dejected, deflated, discouraged, depressed. But heavenly Father wants to teach us a better way. We can face some serious setbacks and disappointments in life, and many of us have already. For instance, marriage is different than many of us dreamed it would be. Job security, insecurity, bills, health issues, cause stress. You feel like a failure in raising your family. The Holy Spirit has come to teach you and to lead you into all truth. God's plan is that you would be a winner to only trust him. I'm going to ask Mark Bureau to come. We were talking this past week, and uh, as we were talking, he shared an illustration with me, and I thought, man, that would be good. Come up here, Mark. I thought, man, that would be good to share along with my Father's Day message. So, Mark, oh, wait, now we've got to get around there. There we go. Quite
0: a few years ago, I was asked to share with a bunch of young people uh, a graduation. Actually, it was Shauna's graduation. And uh, I had asked the Lord. to say, I need a message. I need a message for these young people. And this is what he kind of gave me. He says, you know, life is like a baseball game. He says, you know, as you're young, we say, you know, young guys. And he says, let me at her. Let me at her. I want to go. And I, wanna, I want a chance at this. I want to hit her. I want to hit her out of the ballpark. Not too long. After we've been to, to, to bat a few times in the home plate, we realize that the pitcher is very good. Is very good. And we have, he's, he, he's, he laces out some curveballs and knuckle balls and sliders and sometimes right off the plate we swing. And a few years later, as, as life goes on a little bit, you realize, hmm, you know, maybe I'm not that good at it. You know, I've, I've, struck out, I've struck out time and time again. And basically, what he was telling me, he says, let him know this. He says, you know, we get a little bit afraid of going back to bat again. You know, we get a little bit afraid. I says, is there somebody that could come and hit for me? Is there a pinch hitter that would be able to come and hit for me, and maybe I can run the bases from there? And lo and behold, there's one guy, he says, you know, he says, don't worry, he says, I have overcome the world. His name is Jesus. So we go to, we, we come, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been a while. <laughs> you know, we, we, we learn that Jesus is there. Jesus is there, and he hits a grand slam. He says, don't worry, he says, I've hit it out of the ballpark. I know this picture, I have overcome. I am better than he's at. And I will pinch hit for you. And so he does. And then courage starts to come back. And he says, not only that, but now, you know what? I will sit you down. And we will teach you. I will give you my coach, the Holy Spirit. And everything that is mine, he will pass it on to you. He will sit down. It's been many years, and I've never forgotten that story. And it is very worthy of passing it on to guys that feel like, you know, sometimes we, we, we've struck out too many times. Just struck out. Jesus is there. He's a pinch hitter. He's willing to go to bat for you.
1: Thank you, my brother. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I wanted to look at now just a few practical guidelines for fathers. Put God first. It is so important. And it is sad that a lot of people go through most of their life without any guidance from the Lord. And most of their life is gone when they finally realize, I need the Lord. It is so important to put God first. And if I could give young men any advice at all, this would be it. Put God first. Of course, you're never too old to put God first. But most men That wait until the late age, until late in their life, mourn over the fact that man, if I had have done this when I was a young man, how different my life would have been. And even if I had to face some of the things that I've faced, I would have had him there with me to strengthen me, and to guide me. Secondly, have faith in God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You get your faith from God's word. Anything, anything other is positive thinking. That's the difference. The difference in faith and positive thinking is positive thinking is based upon what you think you can do. But faith is based upon what God's Word says you can do. And the Bible tells us that God's Word is truth. So faith is based upon truth. It's not based upon hearsay. And let me say that even, you know, there's a measure of faith, I guess, that comes when when somebody is speaking to you in a teaching or in preaching and it sparks faith in your life, but there's nothing like reading it for yourself, listening to it for yourself from the Word of God and, and, and just applying that Word to your heart knowing in your knower that God said it and what God says is true. And thirdly, practice faithfulness. The most significant element in our Christian life is faithfulness to God. And if we are faithful to God first, then we will be faithful to our family. We'll be faithful to our spouses. We'll be faithful in the job. People will be able to depend on us. We'll be known as men and women of integrity. This entails being accountable to God. God has given us time, talents, and possessions. And he expects us to be good stewards of all of these. He expects us to give a portion of the time that we have on this earth to working for him, to sharing for him. He gives you talent, abilities, like the great voice that Dan has. That's meant to be served for the Lord. Amen? The great musical abilities that our worship team has here, that's meant to be served for the Lord. Now it could very well be that some of those abilities, you use them in your your everyday employment. But there's a portion of it that you should put aside and say, Come Sunday or come midweek or sometime, I'm going to use those talents for the Lord. I believe that the 10% principle is a great principle to use in everything that God has given us. Our time, our talent, and our things. He expects us to be good stewards teaching our family by example. The things that we do, they see us. You see, little eyes are watching you, Dad. And if you really want to believe it, any son or daughter that respects you as a dad, even if they're an adult now, they are still watching you. They want to know what Dad thinks. They get into a financial situation, they're calling on the phone, Dad, what can I do? Should I do this? Should I buy this? Should I sell this? And that's our opportunity to wax elegantly. but you need to know what the Word of God says to give them some good advice, right? Dads, you have the most powerful influence upon your children. They reflect your language, your actions, your attitudes, your morals. I don't know how often I have been reminded of my dad by the things that I say and the things that I do, even a lot of my mannerisms. Got them from dad. My good morals, I got from my dad. All of the bad things, I didn't get from them, my parents. Give credit where credit is due. I got it from the devil, because he's out to kill and to steal and destroy. And do you know something? He never gives up. You'll never be to an age when the devil says, okay, might as well give up on him now. He'll try to get you to lose faith even on your deathbed. I read a story of a man who decided to drink. He had a bit of a drinking problem. He decided to go drinking with his friends one morning. And there was a light snow that had fallen overnight. And as he was hitting down the driveway, he Todddy he heard some noise behind him. He turned around and it was his little son, five year old boy. And he shouted at him, he said, Get back in the house. And he looked up at his father and he said, I'm walking in your steps, Daddy. The father went on to say that it, that incident became the turning point in my life. I decided then and there that I would choose to live a life pleasing to God. A life that I would want my son to follow later. Forget past mistakes. Dad. Dead. You can make some changes in your life right now. You can make a positive influence upon your child. And you say, but now my children are grown. Never too late. Like I said before, your children respect you. And if they see you make a positive change, It'll be a positive influence upon them. Oh, you may have made some real blunders. But family is very forgiving. All they want to see is that you care. All of those things that you wish you could take back. Your family loves you. I don't know how many older people I have counseled with. Their dads have passed on. and They said, I would have given anything just once to hear him say, that was a good job, son. I love you, daughter. If he would have just embraced me once and said, I'm proud of you. But you are on the acting side of time right now. You're on the acting side. And you can say from now on, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be different. I'm going to tell my son how much I love him. I'm going to tell my father how much I appreciate him. Treat your wife with love and honor and respect very important. Regardless of the past, regardless of whether the wife you have now is not the mother of your children, treat her with honor and respect. Teach your sons by example how they should treat a woman. Teach your daughters by example what women should look for in a husband because it's a known fact that most I, I, I say most because it's not always true. But in most cases, girls are drawn to men who have their father's characteristics. A good example will save your children much heartache in their personal lives. Fathers, you are not alone. If you know Jesus You're never going to walk alone. He has declared that he will never leave you or forsake you. If you need wisdom for any situation, ask Heavenly Father. James 1 and 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. As a young father, when Effie presented me with our firstborn son, my whole being was a mixture of emotion. I was elated to be a father. I was struck by the perfect handiwork of God upon that little baby, my flesh and blood. And at the time, I was a backslidden young man but I was immediately brought to realize my responsibility before God and to my infant son to raise him for the Lord the way that I had been raised. Approximately four months later, I rededicated my life to Jesus Christ. I began the rest of my life as a Christian father. I began applying the principles of God's Word to my everyday life. And it's paid off big time for me and my family. This I'm going to conclude, and I ask the worship team to come back. Dad you more than anyone else in the world are able to instill faith in your children. You can instill faith in your children. You're able to show them what a loving father looks like. You say, well, my father never, ever showed me any love, and I find it hard to show love. Don't really, don't show much emotion, but I feel it in here, but I find it hard to express. Listen, love is a choice. I always teach this when when I'm doing pre-marriage counseling or marriage counseling, for that matter. Love is a choice. You choose to love. And you can show them how to love. You've got a loving Heavenly Father who loves you and cares for you. And He has deposited His love into your heart. you can give them the ability to trust and depend on God in difficult situations. When I'm sick, one of the first things that I think of is seeing my dad walk across our living room and place his hand on a TV as Oral Roberts prayed a prayer of faith and I saw him healed, and a week later, he goes to work in a logging camp, cutting pulpwood. and he needed a strong body and a strong back, and God healed him as he did that in an act of faith. I have seen God do miracles in our family. And when sickness knocks on our door, I know where to go. Because my father lived it before me. You have to, before your children can see God in you, you have to let God into your heart and into your life because you see you can't give them what you don't have. It's like many fathers, they come down on their children for saying bad words and there's nothing but filth that's coming out of their mouths all the time. And your intelligent young son or daughter is saying, Hey, there's something wrong with this picture. Dad is saying, don't do this, don't do that. But he's doing it. You need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I realize there's some changes that needs to be made in my life. He's more than willing to say, Okay, son, I'm with you. I'll help you. I'll be there with you. So you have to seek him to make him your top priority. You have to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And when you do this, your children will see it. And it will be a positive influence on their life. You have a Heavenly Father who sees. You have a Heavenly Father who knows. You have a Heavenly Father who promises to be with you. He's only waiting for you to call. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you today for this word. I thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for the hearts and lives that have been changed for the many that are in the family and the fold of God, because a young man or a young woman or an older man or an older woman said, as for me, as my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And they have been amazed to see their children follow in their footsteps. if there's one here today that needs to follow Christ, there's one here today that needs someone to stand with them and say, I want to believe with you that things are going to be different in your household. Why don't you come as the, the worship team sings, leads us in this worship song. Come, let's do business with God today. Amen.
0: We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Colley
1: Community Church, a place where families come together